hello everybody. Uh, this is Sid Saladi here. Uh, I work as a product manager for Best Buy. So today we are going to discuss about Coinbase and uh, crypto markets in general. So it's going to be an interesting uh, topic. It's been very dear to my heart. <laughs> I've been uh, kind of uh, 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 evangelist of Web3 and I've been studying Web3 for a long time. So let's see how the discussion goes here. So I would also want to welcome Fanny with me here. So Fanny, do you want to introduce yourself? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, very interesting topic, Sid. Um, hi, everyone. This is Fanny. Uh, I'm a product manager at Intuit. Um, I would consider myself as a novice in cryptocurrency. Uh, but I have been working on like few initiatives within Intuit. So I have some preliminary knowledge of how the cryptocurrency market works, what's going on in the world and stuff. So super excited for the chat. Yeah. So it, it, maybe this, this would be a discussion between a maker and a consumer, right? So you're actually working to build a product and maybe extracting some pain points a user needs from me and I'm telling what I want from the user. But that that would be exciting. So funny, maybe in a layman's term right so if i would want to ask you what do you how would you define um, uh, crypto uh, in general crypto or web3 in general so what what comes to your mind maybe after you give i'll i'll give my version of that yep so crypto cryptocurrencies in general right so let's start with why they are born so the history that i know of or that i read probably sometime back is this originated probably in like 1990s or something like that, where someone put a white paper uh, defining why we should have like virtual currencies and what are the pain points for that. But it never came into uh, existence until 2009, 2008-2009-ish, when there was like a huge market crash. And at that time, there was a um, there was a paper published by Satoshi, if I'm not wrong. And Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah. yeah and uh, the primary concept there is we'll look at uh, something called mining and through the mining we'll build the cryptocurrencies that build a platform on how we can get the digital currencies and that's how it came into place and from that time onwards it started with bitcoin which is what was published at that time but now if i'm not wrong there are like hundreds of cryptocurrencies hundreds of coins that uh, consumers are trying to use for different purposes and it solves a very basic problem of decentralized currency across different countries. Right now, there are several regulations that are dictated by the countries. And uh, bigger nations doesn't have this problem because their currencies are valued well. But there are several countries who don't have like proper technology systems or proper banks that can serve these basic needs of having like basic checking accounts, savings accounts and stuff. And cryptocurrencies are the primary way that can be solvable, uh, that can solve all of these problems in those countries. That's how that's how I start seeing it at least. What, what, yeah, perfect. What... yeah, I think that definitely covers a piece of it. So uh, I've, I've been really curious, right? Uh, a lot of people talk about cryptocurrency, but I think only 5% understand it. And uh, even the people who are understanding have different uh, definitions to it because it's not uh, easy to understand thing for a common man, right? So, you know, there are a lot of people who are not able to explain it in a way in which you have explained it, right? So, or, you know, I, I'll explain it. So I think it's it's a technology which has to be understood, but uh, based on the research I've done, so I think this basically came out from the uh, 2008 financial crisis where, uh, you know, uh, most of the wealth in the nation is controlled by governments, 
right? So citizens pay taxes, but uh, for that government provides you security, provides you roads, infrastructure, and all of that stuff. And you know, it gives a lot of different things. But sometimes when governments have too much leverage and they can control the monetary policy, uh, they tend to, you know, five or six people or maybe 10 people sitting in the Fed uh, room tend to control the whole policy for all the people here. So I think uh, uh, crypto came out from that place where each individual has has to uh, have the power to regulate himself rather than being in the discretion of a government managing the funds, right? You can think about a lot of failed governments like El, El Salvador and all of these things who who's uh, who has high, who have hyper inflation, you know, and all of that stuff. So because maybe US is a, the uh, top economy, people might not know how important it is for governments to maintain this. There are a lot of failed governments. So I think uh, cryptocurrency kind of came in from that policy here. But I, I feel that the technology itself is pretty good, right? Like when you look at blockchain, it's basically a ledger, right? Decentralized ledger where you enter, enter transactions. And, and there are a lot of uh, use cases for that. So let's let's maybe take the example of Bitcoin here. Bitcoin is mostly used for payments, transactions, right? So uh, there are uh, like 100 different uh, decentralized systems that basically verify these uh, uh, transactions and enter it into ledger. So how are these people incentivized to do that? They are given Bitcoin in the form of mining to maintain the infrastructure. So, so that's basically centralizing a lot, uh, centralizing a lot of different things, right? And efficiency, kicking, kicking in a lot of efficiencies. Let's maybe look at an example of how banks work. So, Bank of America, Cash, or uh, PayPal, and all of these banks have a lot of infrastructure to maintain the funds, manage the transactions, and all of that stuff. And all the money that is being put in to maintain this stuff is basically being charged to the customer. Right. So imagine uh, you are saving $10,000 in the bank and what does bank give you like 0.2% of it. Right. But the bank can actually lend it seven times to other people to earn interest on it, which is which it's spending on infrastructure, paying the CEOs and all of that stuff. But imagine you have a central a decentralized payment transaction settling system, which all banks use all of this go into like no cost at all, right? Because the economy pays for itself. So I think that, that philosophy is pretty strong, but people don't understand the philosophy and they basically want to make this a quick rich uh, kind of a scheme where they invest and you know earn money and all of that stuff. But taking the history apart, I feel that this is a pretty strong place uh, for us to be in. And this there are a lot of use cases for uh, cryptocurrency, right? So one is Bitcoin as we talked, and there is also Ethereum, right? Ethereum is basically not a currency, but uh, Ethereum is providing you with a platform to develop applications. So something like an app store. So what do you do? Uh, so how do you pay back by utilizing the hardware? Uh, you pay them in Ethereum. So the more people who are developing apps in Ethereum, the more the uh, uh, price of Ethereum increases. So I think th there are a lot of different economies which can be created. So I, I would leave, at, uh, leave it at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to, we could go to go into multiple directions in this area. But I'd say it's a strong uh, philosophy there, and uh, hope this uh, you know technology goes forward in uh, this stuff. So maybe let's get into the use cases a bit. Funny. So when you get into use cases of cryptocurrency, right? What you can think of? 
at least the top ones that I know of, right? So very prominent one is definitely the cryptocurrencies itself. Like taking blockchain as a, a as a technology that supports all of this, cryptocurrencies in general is is the first thing. Like where customers can use the currencies to like um, do money transfer, do payments, etc. Thinking beyond this, right? So let's say like you said, Ethereum. Ethereum helps us create in uh, smart contracts, which basically helps the customer like build apps or like build some logic on top of it. What is that solving for? So for example, a lot of them can use this for like um, regular uh, contracts. So for example, let's say you're buying a home. That is a tedious process in itself because right. you are involving like multiple third parties that needs to understand both the parties contract uh, sign an agreement which basically is stored somewhere after 10 years you might not even be able to find it extra there is no centralized system to store any of these documents to store any of these uh, contracts and agreements and stuff be it uh, your uh, college degree which is sitting with your university which is not in a centralized system so all of this can be solved through blockchains and uh, smart contracts like ethereum like you will have a token uh, that can be utilized to retrieve your college degree. Imagine mm -hmm. a situation where you're going somewhere else and you need it. By click of a button, you will be able to retrieve that. Or the same thing with your um, apartment agreements or like uh, home agreements or any new purchases, land deals, or if you want to like build a company on its own, all of this can be solved by that. Um, I think few other uh, things that I heard about is supply chain. So for example, right, let's say if you're building a product, uh, you might be working with like 15 other suppliers to get a lot of goods, but you don't know how they're manufacturing it. You don't know how they're producing it. Are they causing any harm to the uh, nature? Are they causing any harm to animals? So all of this can be tracked through a centralized database or a centralized technology that can track end to end within a supply chain. I've heard a few other cases for like uh, medicine and others as well. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point which you brought up, right? The first one is basically uh, you're saying, um, so Ethereum is basically something like an AWS or a computer, a big computer, right? Where you're renting a piece of it to code something, do something uh, and giving Ethereum for that, right? And also when you go look at these uh, use cases of food, right? Uh, now, when you go in and buy a fruit, you're not, you don't know what is going inside, what kind of seed is there, what kind of fertilizers go inside and all of that stuff, right? If you actually track that through blockchain, which is tamper proof, you know what you're eating. Because I think I believe in uh, the fact that you are what you eat, right? So, and also you are what your food eats, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, right? So you never know what, uh, what your food is fed. So this, all of this transparency will help it. That's so true. I also have some more use cases. I, I think the biggest use case here uh, in terms of economies of scale is DeFi, you know, uh, funny. So I feel that as I said, right, imagine, you know, these banks uh, giving our, lending our money seven times and earning interest. What if you could get part of a piece of that? That's, I think that's what is happening with staking, right? Now I use Gemini app, I get 7% in return that's nowhere in the industry, right? So you, in the US, it's it's basically 0.1% or 0.2%. That's 10X or 20X, the value which you are getting. You're just putting your money there. And there is also a concept of decentralized autonomous organization, which is basically managed by the group, which is also a blockchain. 
and the people can actually uh, manage cryptocurrencies manage banks everything through a decentralized organization i know there are a lot of inefficiencies but this is a point to look at right so that's that is one use case and nfts are another use case uh, metaverse gaming is another use case internet of things is another use case sometimes government voting is also another use, use case because this is tamper tamper free identity right you you can basically have your own identity and have your own economy of coins where if people want to maybe let's imagine a medical company wants to test uh, against your data it would basically pay you for that so identity is a product here and uh, music right now imagine a artist creating music Uh, record labels youtube all of these platforms take a lot of uh, check into that what if that's a decentralized organization and your music you get the money directly from the people itself there's no one who's regulating stuff and you know creating a platform there is music there is art and there's also creator economy for entertainment so a lot of use cases i'd say but the prominent use cases as of now are defi as you can uh, think about so yeah any any other comments sorry no this is great um one there's a lot of great thoughts on this right so there is so many thing that you can do where are we right now is is a big question so lot of people are like losing money lot of people are trying to do things without uh, any knowledge just because uh, coinbase shows that okay this coin went up by like 150% in the last one week people just <laughs> lot of pump and dump schemes are happening in all of these kinds and stuff yeah I, i'll actually on a funnier note i'll give you a, a you know one of my friend was actually asking me if i could invest in shibo and and all of that stuff and he was he was saying that uh, I, i'll i'll maybe invest uh, 1000 dollars or something like that and he was saying it was i think 0.01 cents or something and he was saying that it it will get to 1 so there are uh, basically i think 100 trillion coins so if it were to go to 1 dollar it is basically the gdp of the world i think that is next to impossible right so <laughs> so that's how people basically think about cryptocurrencies it's a quick um, get quick uh, uh, rich scheme kind of thing but i think there is a lot of uh, backing in the back where it is still we are touching the surface of the ocean and i feel that this is the initial stages of the dot com boom and the next 10 to 20 years where the whole industry gets more streamlined there are more efficiencies and also at this point uh, most of it is proof of work right there's no proof of stake so proof of work is more of solving a puzzle and settling the transaction to get the reward instead of if it moves to proof of work there is more efficiency and more gains and all of that stuff and you know i think okay. people will start see the efficiencies yeah there are a few currencies that are currently doing it right i think solana is on that um uh, ethereum is actually moving Octo- uh, the new date is october 15th i guess they were telling it since last year but now it's october 15th so that's a good thing there yep and that's also another thing right so even when you're initially telling that the people who are actually maintaining this are getting the uh, cur- uh, cryptocurrencies that's also bad in a way right so basically just because someone is creating something you're giving them uh, a a bitcoin or so which is basically like $60000 and because it's proof of work it's causing a lot of environmental issues i know it's 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 a controversial so, in the world yeah I, i think what what they're doing is so 
all of these uh, blockchain settlings and all of this needs to run through some infrastructure or the other. So these guys are providing you the infrastructure and they're basically the incentive for them to provide the infrastructure is them for them to get paid, right? So, but uh, see, see the, uh, the initial topic that you brought up. So for example, a financial institution is taking that benefit of it. So for example, let's take Chase. I mean, um, let's say I'm keeping like $1,000 in Chase. Just a random example, right? Um, I don't pay any fees unless and until uh, I incur some kind of issues. And at the same time, uh, I'm getting like very little interest. That's the thing that we lose. But let's say because of uh, proof of work or whatever was happening in the past, uh, that entire money is basically is being given to a developer. Okay, whoever is building the blockchain, at least in the current state. And I don't know if you observed or not, right? Right now, the fees in order for you to get your transaction done on a blockchain is extremely high, especially for Bitcoin and Ethereum. And instead of paying a bank, you're basically paying the price here. And there was one interesting that I have seen in the in one of our uh, presentations is how how does the money get transferred? Just to uh, just just for the context, how does the money get transferred in the traditional world? Okay, um, I have a bank. Let's say you have a bank. There are let's say a couple of payment processors in between. Uh, let's say you're working with Visa or Mastercard or whatever. Uh, you do a transaction that goes to your credit card company. That credit card company basically works with like Visa or Mastercard or someone to do the transaction and then um, keeps it. Or let's say you're doing a money transfer. Your Chase works with Visa and that Visa works with my Visa or my Visa or Mastercard or whatever. And then um, mine works with my bank and I get the money. So there is like four systems involved. Now let's take cryptocurrency, right? We are still in a world where the fiat currencies or the regular currencies are the ones that are still valued. So there are more systems now. So you use Coinbase. Coinbase uses someone uh, someone to do a money transfer, like USD to uh, Bitcoin. And then uh, in order for that, for that to go back again, it goes back again to Chase. Chase used with another system. Another system goes to another system. And that goes to uh, my, my account. So right now, the infrastructure in the world is not optimized with the cryptocurrencies, if you see it. Yeah, right. more systems more fees in order for us to do a money transfer yeah that's that's absolutely true because i think uh, uh, but i think over time it gets efficient right so you're talking about the gas fees and all i so if i have to transfer 100 dollars through ethereum blockchain it costs me 80 90 dollars now but there are also side chains like level two chains which are being built like polygon and all so what they do is they basically take this transaction, settle it in a different chain and then report it back here. So the settling happens in a different place and the cost of the transaction is now down to 10 cents to $1. So all of these are efficiencies which are coming in, but I think it's a far game, right? Than a shorter term game, right? Where I feel that 10 to 20 years is where it actually takes to reach all the efficiencies and all of that stuff. So imagine, right, if you were to build a Facebook and Ethereum, would you be able to do it? No, it cannot handle that uh, so many millions of transactions, even Cash App, even PayPal, right? Only Bitcoin is able to uh, handle so many, but also the fees is very high there. So if you are able to build something like that, where the recommendation engine is maintained by people, not by the company, so there's no bias, that will be a really ideal case scenario for a lot of people, right? Where 
your privacy is controlled by yourself recommendation is controlled by the community and things like that in a long term i definitely see that benefit too uh, but again this is again a lot of hypothesis the the way yeah, the world right. runs is based on how you put the money and when someone is putting money into something they are basically expecting that returns so i imagine this right in the last uh, at least 8 years or so that i'm in us i've never paid uh, a penny or a dollar to transfer money but if i need to transfer money in cryptocurrencies the moment i need to transfer i'm paying money for it so mm-hmm. right now the world is that way but hopefully it comes back to at least at least uh, uh, what is a baseline of not let, making the customer pay for it let's see Perfect. yeah I, i absolutely agree on the <laughs> the fees right they keep the high fees we uh, charge so maybe let's let's also segue into the actual product here uh, funny so yeah. yeah so this is a big economy there are a lot of different things and all of that stuff and suddenly coinbase comes in and emerges as something saying okay i'll be a custodian of your currency i'll let you have a wallet tra- you know uh, transfer in and out cryptocurrencies and also exchange them and trade them and that's where uh, they have been building this since i think so many years right last like 5 or 10 years and coinbase comes in so so what is your take on coinbase at this point actually couple of couple of definitions right just for everyone to understand what is a wallet a wallet in a very simple terms is something that you can store your money in there could be different types of wallets there could be um, hot or cold wallets in a simple way cold wallets are something that you store in like a usb so for example this is a what ledger uh, wallet and then let's say there are hot wallets which are basically online wallets like coinbase wallet or metamask and stuff and let's think of like what coinbase does right um, coinbase is basically an exchange very similar to robinhood okay and all they basically do is they create nodes in each of these blockchains so that you can do some kind of transactions within that coinbase was able to do that because they initially they understood the blockchains at a very early stage and before anyone could create apis and stuff they were able to create an infrastructure and now that infrastructure is available through like multiple apps multiple exchanges etc etc but they're very early into the game so that's that's one of the best things that they did yep yeah sorry go ahead go ahead yeah yeah i was i was like what was your take on coinbase i think uh, f- fair Coin- point fair point right which you're talking about Coinbase is a good app uh, for a new um, especially for someone who doesn't know what to do or how to or someone who wants to explore cryptocurrencies right that's an excellent app to start with um, but there are a lot of things that i i personally would improve on it because when i started using it right it was useful it's like okay what is a bitcoin what is an ethereum how much trans how much uh, how do i use it like uh, my identity management like uh, can i get authorized faster can i do money transfer faster it it came a long way initially it used to take like few days for me to put money into it now at least it happens in a much faster way so that way i think for newbies it's an, it's a good app to start with yeah that's right so it, my feeling is like you know the concept even is very difficult to understand right like what is blockchain and all of that stuff and uh, i think Co- coinbase basically made it really really easy and also uh, made a 
intuitive um, uh, UI for people to understand and do transactions for just one use case. I think they started with one use case. And also compared to other products in crypto, right? You see how the products are like, most of the products um, in, in crypto are, they don't have any UX, right? Your experience, no. The UI is very clunky and you know you have a lot of options. It's almost like uh, the Android of things and uh, uh, maybe Coinbase comes from the Apple and making it easy kind of philosophy. So I, I feel it, they are a really good entrant at that point. And also I feel that somehow using Coinbase makes me feel safe. I don't know why I get that feeling, but looking at how other products are designed, I feel Coinbase is much safer and kind of maintain most of my portfolio in Coinbase. So that's my first feeling at uh, looking at Con Coinbase. That's nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as well. And if we think of the additional features also, right? They're one, one they started as a trading platform, but now they're also giving you uh, a wallet that you can store any of the other data. So which basically means uh, they're not just looking at uh, coin trades. You can, I mean, the crypto trades. You can also store your NFTs into that. You can stall, uh, store all of your DAOs or any of the smart contracts that you create, anything into it. So that becomes one centralized place. And one more interesting thing about Coinbase is their focus on institutional customers. So as an end customer, do you care about uh, how the APIs are built? What is the backend infrastructure? Nothing. But there are several institutions that want to build crypto capabilities, but it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to build simplified APIs that can be used by anyone. So they don't have to build the infrastructure on their own. And the entire fintech world actually runs that way. Everyone wants to do certain things, but they don't want to go through the entire hassle of building the infrastructure. And Coinbase focusing on that is also a great thing because they're not just focusing on a consumer to get the revenue, but they're also working with the bigger players in the industry to share some of the revenue out of it. Yeah. And also maybe let's, we were also talking before, right? That the biggest problem uh, or the user need from the crypto point of view is or uh, because it's complex understanding it, right? So how are we solving that? So I think, Coinbase comes in from, has a couple of different offerings in that space where it, it makes it easy for the user to use, right? So maybe uh, when you look at the UI, I'd say, the first UI, right? Buy and send. So you have just two tabs, buy and send. Uh, mm. Buy and sell, right? So there's nothing visible on the screen. Do you want to share your app and show that might be easier? Yeah, yeah, Let, I can share my app. While you open that, what is that uh, feature that the Coinbase has? Is it Coinbase Bytes or something, which gives you um, daily feeds and any updates on crypto world and everything? What is it called? Yeah, I think, yeah, something like a newsletter. So they can you hear me? Right. Ice cream. Uh, I'm still, oh yeah. Yep. You, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Okay. Perfect. It, so yeah, for a little bit, but I can hear you now. 
Okay, perfect. So I I like the way which you know they have. So this is a new account. I'm actually not using my account, but so you so they have simple things right like buy, sell, send, convert, and receive. I think that those are the primary things which they use and need. So they're basically saying okay. first thing you enter the app you see buy sell send convert and receive right so that's that's a pretty intuitive way of doing it and the next one is let's maybe go into one of the uh, cryptocurrency which you want to buy as soon as you go taking a while to load yeah normally when you look at the competitors out there they have like a lot of graphs and all for you know you could do technical analysis so many pointers and all of that stuff but i think the novice user doesn't need all of that stuff right so i think he's basically they are eliminating all that clutter and just showing you okay what is the weekly increase monthly increase yearly and all so that's as simple as as it is and then you basically have the details about performance and i think they are basically eliminating all the additional stuff which you might want and some market news about that specific thing yep yeah so maybe let's let's uh, divide the users into novice user intermediate user and power users right i think this is an app which is built for a beginner right so uh, let's uh, let's maybe see what how how are you beginner things of right if i'm a beginner maybe you come to me saying okay hey said uh, uh, check out bitcoin it's growing so then uh, then i ask you okay where do i buy it? then you say coinbase then i okay maybe uh, register an account go search for bitcoin see what the price is then look at these things maybe read a couple of articles here and then start buying it is as simple as it right to kind of remove that so what's your take on that yeah i totally agree even i'm just looking through the app as, as you talk through it right I, that, uh, for a novice, it is novice or an uh, early user. It's it's primarily built for them, but they are also trying to move towards the uh, power customers as well. Uh, have you used the app Coinbase Pro? Yeah, yeah, I've used Coinbase Pro. Uh, so one interesting fact, I I I didn't know it at least in the initial stages, right? So when you buy Bitcoin through uh, Coinbase. you let's say pay a uh, dollar i'm just giving an example but if you use coinbase pro it's 15 cents okay just giving an example the same same cryptocurrency uh, through the same platform uh, by the same company makes you uh, charge differently and they have a lot of these power tools that were built on coinbase pro i don't know what was their initial strategy of like splitting the products but now they are trying to bring all of these products into coinbase as well so okay they started with the novice customers in coinbase and they started coinbase pro for like pro customers uh, but now they are trying to uh, maybe they are understanding that okay now the customers have more knowledge or maybe they are seeing a trend where the novice customers might not be sticking with coinbase so now they are trying to bring in the power tools from the uh, coinbase pro into coinbase as well just to make just to make the customer stick i don't know i think that's a really good observation funny so i think even in my day life right i have a lot of decisions which i have to take so imagine if i were the pm for coinbase right what would i decide would i build these features into the same app or a different app i think that's when we go back to our customer and see okay what our customers want and maybe for the novice customer it's basically the general app 
and for the pro customer it's uh, the uh, the uh, the coinbase pro app and uh, maybe once we observe that there are enough people who are knowledgeable on the customer that's when maybe coinbase is migrating some of the pro features to coinbase right so that could be a strategy which maybe they are taking but at putting the product uh, product managers hat on and and trying to think how, what might have been the strategy and how these guys playing it actually can you scroll through the app once can you go to the top of the app let's see what what do you see so it's basically i think i just signed up i think it's initially like uh, learn more explore uh, create a watchlist kind of thing so there's also another feature which i like funny so there is this place where you actually have learning rewards you go into that so i think I, it's not here before you go there right um, yeah the reason i asked you for this question is personalization okay so you are this account is a new customers account so that's the reason they are showing you okay welcome learn about all these things these are the basic capabilities available etc go into an uh, a customer who has been with coinbase a little bit more right it's much more personalized here uh, without even me doing anything okay the top banners that you would see right now do you want to try advanced trading or do you want to pay lower fees for transactions okay yeah, now yeah, so yeah. what they trying to do is based on the customer's stage of cryptos they are trying to personalize the experience so that they'll continue to engage with the app that's right so uh, what you are meant to say is based on the point at you are in your user journey so the app is basically customizing the features and so that's pretty very interesting right so because everybody has their own customized experience rather than dumping all the different features into uh, the user right so that's a really interesting uh, observation i'd say actually uh, uh, i want to add one more thing I know. Last time we were discussing about gamification, right? Probably mm-hmm. uh, side topic. Maybe we should also think about the sections. Okay, gamif. Coming back to gamification, right? Every app has a different way of gamifying and keeping the customers. I think that's where you. That's where you are going to the rewards and everything. Where you learn something, you get some kind of coins, and then you stay with the app. That's right. So I think let me tell you story, right? So initially, I. didn't know anything i started investing back in 2014 something right i didn't know what cryptocurrencies was i just entered for the greed of <laughs> investing right but as i this this is a really interesting piece where you go for the learning rewards it's basically not visible now but it shows us shows you a piece of content and you basically have to uh, go through a quiz and then it gives you cryptocurrency so that's basically benefiting the user and also the institution right so it's give it's basically a free marketing campaign for them and let me uh, share my screen and show it to you i think okay that. yeah yeah i can stop sharing so this is what i see in my coinbase account right so this is what you're showing the learning rewards yeah that's right that's right yeah so oh, yeah right. I, i i actually did that project galaxy before <laughs> like one week back yeah so you actually earn money right so if i go into my account i think i have like close to 100 dollars which i earned through going through this so it's you know 
you could basically skip through and select any question till you get it right you could do it that way you could you could game the gamified system or if you are really genuinely interested for me i am generally interested in cryptocurrency understanding the use cases so i go through all of that but it has pretty bite sized details so i think it's again tying back to the overall problem of complexity and they're sol- trying to solve it through this offering here educating people right got it and one more thing you see here is additional things also right um like you can borrow cash coinbase card earning interest etc they are expanding all of their portfolio into the other other things as well learn as one of the biggest things that i have seen for sure because yeah. at the end of the day it's the engagement and then as a product manager what i would want to do or what is my method is to help the customers continue to like go or improve on their crypto journey and do additional things but one thing that i don't like with these guys i don't know why they um, ended up with a coinbase debit card i'm a big fan of that let let me ta- talk after you say <laughs> no go ahead go ahead let's see let's see what so for me right i think um, this is a a really good way for uh, investing for me right so what i've been doing lately is uh, moving all of my expen- expenses into coinbase card because it's giving me 4% cashback in cryptocurrency and so the, that's the first thing cashback is first thing and second thing is if i have a credit card i have a limit of 20 30000 but if i basically send 3 to 4000 every month to this card i only spend that money right so that's also you know it sometimes it might not work right people might still keep uh, doing money but it makes me more um, conscious of what i'm doing and also uh, help me earn uh, uh, money back in the technology which i like and i support right so why not a credit card why do you think they went for the debit card keeping a pm hat right why why is a debit card better than a credit card yeah i'm not sure why they did it because i've actually also looked at other offerings which people do right there is crypto.com which offers like heavy cashbacks and all of that stuff but i uh, was not satisfied or you know i didn't have that safe safety uh, uh, feeling which i normally have with coinbase so that's why by default you know what i did it and i have actually told this to like five or six of my friends to do this and they have been doing this too so till now i have maybe got 600 or 700 dollars of cashback on coinbase rewards which the uh, the cryptocurrency is also increasing right so god nice yeah. yeah so what was your take on that i took the debit card but i don't know so based on my knowledge right one of the pain points uh, as a person is maintaining multiple accounts so i have my old account i think i got uh, chase account sometime back and i have a bcu account with my auto loan etc so there is some some rules i had at the time where i had to like move that money there so if i need to move that money into another account and spend from there that's a pain and i need uh, to add this account to like multiple places so that i can do my payment regular payments mortgage payments etc okay you can set up a recurring payment in congress normally so exactly so yeah. you are doing one additional step of moving things so even though it's been a year i took the debit card but i never used it oh yeah the- yeah go ahead sorry 
on the other hand so if i think of a credit card so think of keeping pm pm hat right okay so if i have a customer who has money if i uh, would i give him a debit card or would i give him a credit card okay again the customer profile might be different okay uh, if you are looking at a customer profile who has uh, what do we call in mint we call those customers are like prime prime plus customers prime or prime plus customers use their credit card a lot okay but customers who have like lower credit profiles use debit cards okay so when you are going to a customer who's 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 ta target customer is a prime or a prime plus give them a nice credit card and that guy spends a lot on credit card which eventually benefits you because you get a lot of money sitting in your account and at the same time the customer is also getting benefited because of the re rewards same thing applies to a uh, debit card as well but the only thing that i saw is that initial hesitation of like moving all of their current setup to a completely new checking or a debit card so yeah maybe let me I, i'll i'll put my uh, product manager's hat first and talk about a, some points and then customer hat when i put my product manager's hat right so maybe one possible thing just like uh, you know trying to, to play bad cop good cop right one possible thing which the product manager or the product person might have thought is normally in the us average savings account money is $7000 so that's that's into 300 million right what if uh people who are really evangel who evangelize cryptocurrency think coinbase as a bank and store that money so there's a lot of liquidity which coinbase can get through that and they can basically use that money for staking for different assets and all of that stuff that 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 was one of the thought process why i was thinking a pm might have uh coinbase might have opted uh, for a debit card instead of a credit card but this is just me guessing and thinking about uh uh, uh on the pm hat so from the consumer side right there are also a lot of drawbacks for this the first thing the biggest drawback is i i i you know i'm a big fan of personal personal finance and you know maintaining a budget so mint basically helps me do that and i can connect my credit card to mint to track all of that with coinbase i cannot track my transactions so how would i measure my expenses right so if i link all my credit cards basically mint tells me i am spending this much for shopping this much for food this much for rent but if i spend all of this in coinbase i basically have to manually do it so it's a very tedious process for me so that's one limitation from my side the second limitation is for credit card you have this fraud uh, backing by banks right if the money is uh, basically uh, you know detected by mistake or you have a problem with the device you have this intensive from credit card companies where they either give you back the money you have extra warranty extended warranty and all of that stuff which imx offers which i don't get through a debit card so these are the two things which i basically uh, say are the drawbacks of a deb uh, coinbase debit card but you know i'm i'm a different uh, you know because i like the technology i i, I try to move most of my things to uh, cryptocurrency right? but good 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 uh, discussion funny so it actually brings out two sides of the coin right i'll tell you one uh, one example i just struck me right robin hood so when when a lot of customers especially investors so the customer profile here is investors right so investor as a customer when they do these transactions they might be leaving the money in the app okay so it could be uh, robin hood it could be coinbase or any of these apps 
So how would you make the customer? Like at the end of the day, as a product manager, I would want to make sure my customers use my app. Okay. When I want to do that, how would I make the customers keep the money there? Okay. Uh, I, I, my thought process of Coinbase is the same. It's the retention that they're looking at rather than making the customer get the rewards, my opinion. Okay. The reason for that is anyone who is continuing to do some transactions, at least I have faced this in the past. There is a lot of fear in the customers, right? The moment there is a fear, they take the money out. The moment that is gone, they bring the money in. So just to keep that fear to a lower extent, if there is a reward attached to it, like you get 1%, uh, you get 2%. When something is attached for that customer, then the customer will think, okay, if I move it out right now, I only get 0.2% or I only get 0.5%. But here, even though it's cryptocurrency, I'm getting 4%. So that's one way for a customer to keep the money there. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's the same philosophy that Robinhood went to as well. If yeah, the comparison, yep. Yeah, that's right. So Robinhood also, I think they basically have leverage trading. So they encourage people to store money there. And they basically lend that money to a different person for an interest. But they are offering you a lower interest. So, but but anyways, that's also a retention policy, right? So I think now that you brought in the uh, topic of Robinhood, right? So do you think Robinhood was late in the game for crypto? Because I think it was a big strategy for them where they kind of did a flashy uh, of, uh, you know, uh, I think a teaser saying, you know, we are into crypto, but uh, miserably failed, I guess, acquiring customers. And they've ended up uh, with a lot of trouble on the crypto side. So what do you think there's, how, how you know, what was the problem with the strategy there? Um, um, I, I'm on the same page um, that I think they are late into the game. Um, they would have lost uh, initial customers who might have gone to like Coinbase or any of the other exchanges. But given their brand name, I think they are back. I'll tell you uh, some data points that I know of, right? Uh, the most used uh, apps for cryptocurrency last year are still Robinhood and Coinbase. Cash App is there. Um, it's, still in the, it's still in the top. But the top two that are used in US is still Robinhood and Coinbase. So even though Robinhood came late into the game, but one good thing they did is they came really well. Their, their product was very strong. And I'll tell you this. So now the cryptocurrency market is very low, right? Okay. Um, Coinbase rate of people. Um, there are multiple other cryptocurrencies which literally went to zero. Have you seen any crazy news about Robinhood? Uh, about them struggling, I mean, overall as a company, the entire you know, investment portfolio, the stocks and everything is down. So that way, Robinhood is also having issues. But I've never seen a customer saying, I'm worried about my crypto investments in Robinhood. So their brand strength and their customer loyalty is pretty good. And even if you go to the app right now, right? If I'm comparing Coinbase to Robinhood in terms of intuitiveness, the amount of details, et cetera, Robinhood would beat Coinbase like at a 10th level. Because if I want to... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You complete and I can follow up. The only thing that I want to add is investor as a customer, 
I, I at least in my opinion will be if I do an NPS scale or whatever would be much more confident with Robinhood than any of the other cryptocurrency apps or any of the maybe any of the other investment apps as well. Okay, so for me, yeah, for investing, uh, I think Ron uh, Robinhood is my go-to. Like I'm a fan of that and all. But I have tried cryptocurrency in Robinhood. The problem is I was not able to send out and in. Uh, of the cryptocurrency that I could only buy and they have low fees, right? That was a selling point where I started, but even though Coinbase uh, you know, charges me ridiculously high prices, like the charges are like really, really high, I'm still stuck with Coinbase just because they have more offering like staking and all of that stuff. Maybe if Robinhood has staking and all of these things, uh, that could be my go-to app. Uh, yeah. Now I see Robinhood as a bigger company, right? So being a bigger company, in order for them to keep that loyalty or in order for them to make the customers happy, they need to make sure the product is very strong. I'm guessing that's why they're latent to the market. Uh, right. But I think when they come, I think they would be a strong strong contender for anything. Yeah. Oh, one... I want to add one more thing, right? Mm-hmm. I should have brought this up like when we were discussing cards. Uh, that's one of the things that I did recently. I got a Gemini credit card. Okay. Um, I'll honestly tell this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of whoever is the product manager there. The reason for that is they have they also have like a very nice gamification. Okay. So I'll I'll give you an example. Amex credit card. Uh, we took a platinum card for my wife recently. The primary reason for that is the benefits. Like let's say the lounges that you get, yeah, or yeah. Uh, some of the rewards that they get, get etc. Um, do they pay for Spotify? No. Do this pay pay for? Uh, I'm blanking out. So there are a few other things. These guys thought very intuitively. So what else can I do for this customer so that they'll be interested in my credit card? Okay. And yeah. I don't know if they have done this analysis or not. Like you started right. Who is the targeted customer for uh, cryptocurrency? Millennials. And what do the millennials use in terms of uh, the apps or anything that they use? They use Spotify or they, u- they use Netflix. Can I buy the subscription? Can I pay the subscriptions of those which can make the customer interested in using my credit cards? That's right. Excellent thought. I don't know if they actually did the market research or not. Excellent thought. Yeah, actually, even uh, crypto.com does that. So what they do is they offer all free subscriptions for all streaming, right? It's Amazon Prime, Netflix, everything. You get everything, like whatever we need. And also, I think this is this is how product managers think, right? So now there is a generation who is growing up only watching YouTube and all of this stuff. They don't know what traditional TVs, like where, where I was brought up, right? Where you have channels, you have to browse through. It's bits and uh, now it's more of streaming and everything, bits and pieces you select and watch, right? So there is a generation of kids who don't even know how traditional television looks like. So I think that's a really good uh, piece there. So uh, funny, um, uh, one other thing which I like about Gemini is, right? Um, I think they have covered the user journey in such a way. So they offer, so I think they're they are uh, staking first platform where they concentrate more on uh, staking than anything. So they have, I think 30, 40 staking offerings and they offer a maximum of 8% APR. So that's a go-to platform for me for staking, right? So imagine me, uh, uh, so I've, I've learned about staking. 
and I know the benefits of staking. So it's basically putting some money and you get 8% interest back. I've read it online and searched for different apps. The first thing which Coinbase got covered, uh, uh, you know, covered me is whenever I look at that, I was like first worried about, so what if the cryptocurrency which I'm investing in loses its value, right? That's when Coinbase says, okay, every uh, dollar of your staking is backed by your US dollar and you're insured up to 125K. So that's like, a, you know, a user journey friction, which Coinbase took out saying, okay, you stake money, this is backed by US dollar and you get the money back. So that's when I was convinced and start put, started putting money in there and I've been using it for the last one and a half year and, you know, earned a lot of interest. So I'm a happy customer of Gemini. What does it entail? So for example, right? Um, if a company goes bankrupt, okay? Maybe that is when it is backed uh, that you will get the money. But let's say the company still sustains and the value of the cryptocurrency goes from, let's say a dollar to five cents. I don't think they would be paying you. So yeah, so there's a difference there. So there is a general cryptocurrency like stable coins. There are a lot of stable coins, right? But the specific stable coin which I invested is a Gemini dollar. So that's a cryptocurrency of the company. Okay. Right, so I think that's the difference. So you have all, you, maybe you might have heard there is there was a cryptocurrency who's a stable currency who maintains it at one dollar went to zero because of the crash, right? Yeah, is that Terra? I am blanking out on that. Yeah, I think Terra. I think Terra. Yeah, that's right. So that could happen, but you know, I think that's what gave me the confidence in Gemini, right? So uh, you know, when I'm thinking through a user's journey and what might be the point where the user might drop. I think that's when you think of uh, as a product manager to basically provide that value or confidence in them to go through the complete uh, you know, the journey and you know, check it out and all of that stuff. Use the product. Yeah, uh, pretty interesting, funny. So maybe let's take a little segue, funny. So there is this companies like Coinbase who does mostly storage, Gemini who does staking, and uh, Crypto.com who offers credit cards. Oh, each of uh, the uh, players in the crypto uh, crypto market are differentiating in a, a certain way. Mm. There is also Gemini on the other end who does like 100 different things through their app. Mm -hmm. So how do you take it as a product manager? Like, so when you build, build features, would you want to focus on one or two top features or would you want to offer everything in the world which could be built, right? So it's, I, I think there's a, lot of distinction but you know as a company even coinbase is doing better than sorry binance is doing better than coinbase so uh, even if i ignore the uh, companies as such right so crypto is an evolving world okay um the question that you asked me like some time back do you think robin hood is late into the game crypto in itself is in my opinion is very early stages but that in itself you told robin hood is late into the game so with the, even with that thought process, right? I believe a customer, a company should give more options rather than sticking to one. I want to add a, a clause to it though. So even though you have like 20 different features, you don't have to show all 20 different features to a customer. Like we were talking about earlier, right? Depending on where your customer is, show the relevant features to that customer so that uh, that customer will continue to use your product. If you overwhelm a customer for a new uh, newbie to crypto, 
that person will be like, dude, I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to get out. But if you show minimum features that the customer wants and then add the additional features that you have, the customer will continue to stay with you as they grow. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. So also, I think this brings an interesting point here, right? So maybe doing experimentation is good as a product manager where you maybe test out 10 different features, but also analyzing the results and also sunsetting what uh, the features which are not performing good is also an important task, right? Because I think there's a lot of maintenance and tech debt that goes in if you keep maintaining the stuff which doesn't return uh, the things which you want, right, from the customers. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but when I looked at the Binance app that you're showing right now, right, mm -hmm. I, I could totally say that a novice would be super overwhelmed when they see that. But, yeah. but, um, uh, some, but for someone who has been using cryptocurrencies and who who's knowledgeable about it, right? They'll be like, dude, this is exactly what I want because I can try out new things. I can explore new things. I can continue to earn money rather than just sticking to the fiat currencies and the old companies which are not giving me anything. Yeah, that's right. Maybe they're targeting targeting the expert users from other side of the world who are like really been doing it for so many years. Now they want all of the other terms, right? Yeah, that's right. Obviously, each so but but it's amazing how these products develop uh, different things. Even though they are in the same space, they basically cater to the customer. I think again, it goes back to the philosophy of customer centricity and what you are building to the customer and what problem you are solving. So, yeah. And as a product managers, these are like really good examples to like um, think through and then see how we can like develop features for uh, customers and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a really good uh, comparison, man. Even even like you and me working in the same space might have different interesting views on how a product should go, how a product should build and a lot, a lot of that. So that's, that's pretty healthy there. Okay, so that's good. Let's let's maybe touch on a one another topic and we can end after that. So uh, I'd say have we, we have discussed a lot, right? We have discussed the industry and how different op, different offerings and all of that stuff. But what do you think the future would look like? Like what are the trends uh, out there and where could all of these companies innovate going forward? Mm, good question. If I think about it, right? So now what's happening is a, a new world where the startups are trying to like do certain things. But now I think the way it would move to in the next 10 years is all the big players in the industry would start doing this. Okay. So for example, top players like let's say Chase, Wells Fargo, they have the money they have the money to do anything, okay? Anything in the fintech world can be uh, dictated by them. If change, Chase changes something, that would dictate the entire industry. I think that is where it would move towards, where instead of individual customers or individual apps trying to figure out something, I think the big players would start coming into the industry and setting up the guidelines, okay? And uh, when, when I say uh, the guidelines, right? How should the money be transferred? Are there any kind of protocols that we need to think about? Um, should every transaction go to blockchain or without going to a blockchain, can I put something um, that can be utilized by someone to do money transfers? 
I think all of these laws, protocols and guidelines would come into picture. While the newbies try to explore all the new new capabilities, new apps and everything. So there will be a place, at least in the next 10 years, where a centralized place customers can trust and do transactions. And there will be a place where all the startups and everything can try to like explore new coins, metaverse and everything. Um, and build all of, all of the all of the new like smaller things. I think that's where it would be in the next 10 years, where there is a confident space where anyone can try and a different place where anyone can explore. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with what all of you say. So I think for me, right, I think regulation is the biggest thing which would happen, right? So all of these scams should go away. And I think the more government tries to reg regulate this and adapt this, the more uh, uh, people will trust and all of that stuff. So regulation and trust is the next big thing I feel here. And and the next one, as you said, right, institutional adoption. Uh, I've, I've read a news that Coinbase is uh, partnering with BlackRock, right? Big, which is big, the biggest um, asset management company to uh, you know, basically be able to offer their customers crypto. So they're seeing value in it. Institutional option is coming. And also, I wish for own case also catered to cryptocurrencies where we can basically have a part of the for own K into cryptocurrencies. I think that's a ginormous market, right? When you look at the normal markets, so that's pretty huge. So that's also actually brings in more money. And also the third thing is I feel most players will concentrate more on the UX once they basically think there is a market, a product market fit, right? So there'll be more and better intuitive ways of uh, easily helping people use uh, crypto. Something like how how was internet in in the early 2000s, right? How is internet now? It's more intuitive, right? People just log in and go to Google and search. Initially, it was not that way, right? People didn't know how to do a lot of different things. I think the overall thing would move into that that ways but I, I i see there is a lot of uh basically a scope in the DeFi space is what i feel i like that uh thought actually simplification a lot of simplification would come in crypto i totally agree otherwise it can't scale um, That's right. so i think people don't don't need to understand what's going in the back end like what how many blockchains how many transactions are being settled they, they basically have to get the thing they want to done. So if I want to maybe order a cab uh, or a taxi using a decentralized platform, I should be able to do that. So irrespective of whatever is happening in the backend, being it a centralized organization or a decentralized organization, I should be able to basically value the use case which I'm trying to do and you know get value out of it. I think when crypto reaches at that point, basically people don't know if it's crypto or not. Everything... The normal world and crypto would coexist, but give the value to the user. I think that's the biggest piece I feel would be really good. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we can kind of this already went for an hour. We can maybe go for two more hours. Maybe we should do a second edition of crypto and all of this stuff. But it was a really good conversation, funny. Not just second, actually. We should probably make this a series. A series, right? Talk maybe certain aspects of uh, how Web3 cryptocurrency works as the technology emerges, right? <laughs> yeah. True. Awesome. Love the conversation, Sadhu. This is, this is great. Let's keep doing this. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you.